You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. And we're back at it. Week four being quarantined with children. We're still here. I'm <laughs> still, still standing. Live another day. Yeah, We're still standing. yeah, yeah. We're I actually started to live another day. I started singing that to myself today because of quarantine. So if anybody else there needs a quarantine song, I highly recommend I'm Still Standing. It puts you in a good mood, pumps you up, makes you realize that you've accomplished a lot by never leaving your house, which is such a weird statement. But this is hard shit, people. And we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it together. We're getting it through. I feel like I'm getting a little kookier by the day. So if I'm a little kooky as you listen to this, that's why. But we're doing it. Well, let's just get kooky with family karma. This was a very entertaining episode. We had a trip. We had drama. We had conflict. And we had a talk about somebody's gray boxers. I mean, I don't know. what What else could you want out of a show? I know. One thing I did love, and this kind of is a lot of the episode revolved around or the, the the climax of the episode, if you will, was around Monica and Brian's not relationship in quotes, but Bali and Anisha and their confessionals together talking about teasing their relationship, comparing it to the Titanic. I can't think of another show where people on the same cast have done a confessional together. Can you? Not aside Beverly from Hills. children, aside from yeah, children. I mean, Beverly, I mean, uh, aside from Bravo, Barry Cavallari does it a lot. Kristen does it a lot with like her friends, but that's really it. I think more shows need to do it. It's fun to see the interaction, the dynamic of the relationship and Anisha and Bali are hilarious. They're so funny. I thought it was, I, I enjoyed it. So Bravo, please do more of that, please. If you're listening, which you're probably not, but please, it was, <laughs> it was fun to see. It's a way to freshen up the shows too. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I feel like I'm just going to jump right in. I think the biggest part you talked about it is Monica and Brian. What is your opinion on Monica? And then I'm going to give mine. So I like Monica, but I have issues with people who put on a certain facade. Yes. And it doesn't come across as authentic and real to me. And I, although Anisha kind of really went there <laughs> with the question that she asked, they were playing a game and the game was, who you're going to, what are you going to do? What is this person going to do tonight? The person to the left or right of you. And Anisha made a comment and said, your Brian's going to be with you. She could have easily been like, ha, ha, ha. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, and rolled it off and like gone with it. She got really pissed. Anisha but kind she, of really did poke the bear a little bit. Like, I I could 
tend feel that tension. But I feel like Monica, I don't know. She's just, I don't like people who try to be too perfect and just comes across really fake to me. And when you're doing things not on camera or not in front of the Indian community, I'm just not really a fan of that. I agree. I think she comes across very fake. Like she was texting Brian. I'm fucking pissed. What's up with that? And then Anisha noticing that they're texting each other was like, I'm sitting right here. If you're mad at me, it's okay. You can say you're mad at me. And she kept saying, I'm slightly annoyed. It's like, she couldn't even admit in front of the group. Like, yeah, I'm really upset with what you said. And I don't know, for me, I just felt like, I don't know. It just felt like that was her way of not owning it, like just trying to be the perfect little Indian and not really being responsible for her actions. Yeah. It's just, I just thought the whole thing kind of blew out of proportion. Again, she did acknowledge that she doesn't like being poked at and Anisha was doing that. So I, she probably didn't want to be confronted in that way. I get that part, but it just comes across really fake and just say like, yeah, I was texting Brian because you really pissed me off. Like, I mean, she's clearly <laughs> that's not. Yeah. She doesn't have any Rena in her, but she could use and learn a little something from Lisa Rena in that regard of owning your shit. I agree. Um, and if you're that worried about your reputation and what the Indian community thinks of you, then you shouldn't go on a reality show. I mean, that's the fact of the matter. She signed up for this. She's already Little Miss Perfect in a way where she she doesn't drink. She rarely gets upset. If she does, it's very like calm, cool, and collected. So I, I don't know. I'm just – why would you come on a reality show then? That's my like, – I really don't understand why she thought this was going to be a good idea for her to be on it if she's that concerned with her reputation. I will say – I'm going to predict it now. It just came to me and us talking about Monica. I think Monica and Brian are li- truly together, and I think she's playing a facade, playing into the – like she's playing a part. Oh, you could be like, she's just trying to make people like her and not like yes. her, but build up interest and secure herself for another season. I, I could see that. I've been telling uh, anybody who DMs us about family karma that my prediction is it's going to be like a will they, won't they at the end of season one, they're both going to admit they like each other. And then that's going to be secure a season two is them dating. Well, I think more so not, uh, yes, everything you said, but even more so that she's just trying to protect her image, her reputation. Oh, and she doesn't want people to know they're dating because then it like that opens up a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And with the whole boxer comment, which it sounds so silly when you think about it. Like, I mean, <laughs> I've seen your husband. In my I was just going to say, I've marriage. seen your husband and your and his boxers. Like we've shared hotel rooms like when we go on trips. And so it's not a big deal. Like I just don't think anything of it. But I, I do think if you're trying to say like you don't like a sexual joke, which w- it wasn't even that sexual, like then that to me blurs the lines a little bit and it tell- it makes it seem like you're hiding stuff. Because of that, I kind of like Anisha's comment at the end when she said that Monica Ooh. needs to suck a dick and you'd still be a virgin if you do that. And I love that she asked the producers and can you say dick on camera? And they gave her a nod and she goes, then suck a bag of dicks. Like she was going all in. And I loved that because – I like people that come on a show and aren't afraid to be themselves, knowing that it's not going to be perfect and that they're not going to come across as everybody's favorite. And I think that's why we like Anisha so much. And it's part of the reason why I just had the biggest issue with Monica. Absolutely. Another person I think I have an issue with still in Atlanta is Dennis. Yeah, this was not... This was not a good episode for couples except for Greg and Nini. I felt felt like all of them had some cracks in the foundation exposed. I mean, we start off with 
Kenya and Candy talking. And I mean, basically, it sounds like Kenya is done. Like she was wanting to get his stuff out of the closet in this episode. I think she's ready to move on. Like I, I feel like she doesn't really, which is contradicting what we're hearing now in the news. But I, it seemed like in this episode, she was ready to move on was the my take I- from it. Absolutely. I thought Kenya, how could you not be ready to move on after everything that he did and how he humiliated her and how she felt and allegedly has a secret family and how you can't even speak to his parents. But then you go and watch what happens live and you're telling Andy Cohen that, oh, we're working on our relationship. He really wants to work on our marriage. His clothes haven't left the room. Like what? Again, part of me too, like Kenya's smart. I don't know if this is calculated. Maybe he is thinking, I don't want to get a divorce or I don't know if I, he might be thinking, I don't want to pay for child support. He's obviously not going to be the one that gets their daughter full time because right now, as it is, it's like even with them married before the announcement that they were divorcing, it was kind of like he was a part-time parent. So maybe he just doesn't, I, for me, I'm like, maybe he doesn't want to have to like pay the piper and she likes the way this looks for getting her onto next season. And just kind of like all these women, I think when things are happening in their lives, they position it and think, how can this secure me for another season? Because for majority of these women, this is where their paycheck comes from. The second they're off the show, yes, they have other jobs and other gigs, but Bravo is fueling all those gigs for them and they know it. Yeah, but she's been off a couple seasons. So I feel like she's done fine. I think that still adds to it. I almost wonder if one if this just is like a storyline for her, their relationship, like playing into everything you're saying. But I also think Kenya, and we've seen this a lot in other Bravo relationships that seem toxic. People just really hold on to that whole idea of like keeping your family together. And I think it's really hard for her to not have like a nuclear family with her, Mark, Brooklyn, Kenya. Like, I wonder if that's just like a heart. She didn't, didn't ever envision herself being a single mom. I mean, she said, to Candy as Candy was kind of unloading and saying how hard it is to work and be away from her family and that, you know, her marriage is strained from all the work she's doing. And I think Kenya had a point. She said, I mean, just be thankful you have a husband who wants to spend time with you, who wants to invest in the family, wants you guys to be a family unit together. And I mean, she even said that she would have killed for that. And that's what she's so upset she doesn't have right now. So I, I think there is a lot of truth to her being so committed to making the idea of a family work and a family with a married mom and dad. Absolutely. I'll say it real quick about Dennis. Dennis, I want to punch him in the dick, kick him in the dick. When I love that Portia stood up and that basically when they were talking about their wedding and the guests that they invited, that he didn't want to invite so many people and have the normal wedding. She put him in his place and was like, you were the one who cheated on me. Just because you made that mistake doesn't mean I still don't get to celebrate this day with the people I love and everything. I just thought he was being a dick. I also like how she took all the cookies from him. I'm like, you go, girl. (laughs) He doesn't deserve any of those cookies, although they looked a little burnt the way they were coming right off that (laughs) pan. But I I think he was kind of drunk because she said no more drinking for you. And he poured himself a drink like while they were having the conversation. But still, he came across as a dick. He came across as somebody who's not remorseful for what he did and who really doesn't understand what his partner wants because she's been very clear for two seasons now that she wants a wedding. Yeah. Very, very clear. It was interesting. So yeah. So they, they were having issues. We know Kenya's having issues. Candy's having issues. Like I said, the only people who aren't are Nini and Greg. 
And I made a note. I feel like Nene and Greg are the real life Ross and Rachel. They're on, they're off, they're on, they're off. And you never really know what they are. Like, are they dating? Are they not? And this episode, uh, I guess they are, I mean, they're married and not married. That's how it goes for them. But they're uh, an active sexually couple now. And she is... I think she, both of them were very excited to get under the sheets. It felt a little dirty watching it. Like, I was like, oh, are we going to, like, hear them having sex? It seemed like the <laughs> camera crew stayed in a little too long. It was a little weird. Yeah, I don't know. It was, I just, it, to me, that felt like a little bit too storyline-esque with the lingerie. And I don't feel like in any, any normal circumstances would you welcome people cameras into your room like that. But I guess I'm glad they're on good terms. Their relationship is one I don't think I'll ever understand or really, truly ever understood. It feels more like a partnership than a relationship. Yeah, it's odd. I don't know. Like, there are numerous times where I think they're together for companionship and because they're friends and they – it's like it's kind of like when you have a really good friend that you maybe don't talk to for like nine months to 12 months. Like, it goes well and then you see that person and you pick up right where you left off and it's like no big deal. There's no conversation of like, oh, why don't we talk to each other for you? It's just it, it's like it doesn't even matter. I feel like that's how Nene and Greg are. Like even though they've had a colorful past and they, you know, divorced and got remarried and all these other things, it's like they don't even care about that. They just pick up right where they left off and they're good to go. Yeah, absolutely. What was your take on Candy and Todd's counseling session? It made me really sad only because I keep thinking like, God, they're in like a really tough spot. And I think every marriage goes through something similar to this where you're com- you're conflicted on the different parenting views. You're conflicted on priorities. You feel one person feels neglected and that they're not being supported for the career. The other person feels like they're not being supported as a spouse I think it's very common, but what made me so sad, I'm like, they're about to have another kid and they're already in kind of a rocky position. And anybody who's had a baby, like there were, there have been moments I've had two now where I've thought like, hmm, I really can't believe I married a guy like that. You know, you just get so annoyed about little things and it's so hard and you're sleep deprived. And I mean, even if you're not nursing or because I know like she's having a surrogate and most likely she'll be, you know, doing bottle feeding. You're still going to be up every two to three hours, whether you like it or not. And you're both going to be irritable and you're already in a bad spot. Yeah. Although I will say it's good that they're trying to acknowledge the issues and who knows if that, I mean, I would hope that they are continue to have counseling sessions after that, what we saw, but at least I give them props for at least acknowledging it. For sure. I think it's good. Like she's saying, like we've been getting, like we've been bugging each other and we've been having not, they don't really even have fights. It's just, they have intense conversations where obviously they both have different opinions. So I think it's smart. They're getting counseling now. It just made me sad because I'm like, oh, this should be an exciting time for them. But I mean, no one's perfect. And I really appreciate them putting it out there. I think they're going to be fine. Like if they get a divorce, I will be, I really truly will be shocked. What about you? I think, I think they'll be fine too. I think they're good. I think they both know each other well enough to where to, where, um, to push each other's buttons and know where each of them get kind of like flared up over certain things, which I think is good. And I think as long as they continue to communicate and see eye to eye, they should yeah. be. Um, I don't know how to transition into this, but we've talked about quarantine and <laughs> I feel like Mike and Reza ordering together. I know you made a comment. I'm like, that is a mood. Like we all are like, bring on like when I get out of here and we go to a restaurant I'm probably going to order like the entire left side of the menu 
That made me laugh. I'm like, who is ordering this much food? But it's essentially like quarantine living right now. You just eat a shit ton of things all day long. Snack, all the snacks, eating all the... An excuse to buy different types of things. An excuse to get all sorts of different takeout, get appetizers, whatever. But it made me laugh the amount I loved of it. I As someone who recently bought cookie crisp, quote for their kids, which my kids hardly even eat cereal. But I, I think you just get so bored. I'm like, oh, we're sick of Cheerios. So for some reason, I went with Cookie Crisp, and they are delicious. Have you had Cookie Crisp recently? No, I haven't had a cereal like you that need. in a minute. But I'm sure it was. You need I'm to. Sure for really me, good. like there is nothing better. It's like therapeutic and nostalgic. Because when I was single and I was just tired from like work, and then maybe I would go work out, I would have a big bowl of cereal for dinner, and it was like I don't know. That was like the best thing for me. So. Whenever I have like a big bowl of cereal and it's like a cereal like that, I just get really excited. So anyway, go have a bowl of cookie crisp, everyone. Mm, yeah. Now I'm hungry. But now the biggest part of this episode of Shaw's, I, it was like all this, I don't want to say leading up to, but I think all of us were anticipating the moment when Reza and Mercedes were going to sit down and talk to one another. And I don't want to say it, it, it didn't go the way we thought in a positive way. At least the way I, like for me watching, I'm like, when are they going to yell at each other? When is this going to get heated? And it, it really didn't. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, but it was also really sad and heartbreaking. You could feel the pain of 30 years of friendship, them seeing each other. I think especially mentioning Shams when Reza gave that fancy oh bougie ass gift to MJ to MJ and like and uh I'm sure that just kind of brought the realness to it, but I was really glad that they did at least get together and have a conversation. And I thought Reza for him was very mature in the conversation. MJ seemed very guarded for good reason, I suppose. But it, I was really happy that I they am too, spoke. except it's kind of ruined because we know now they really haven't reconciled and they're still mad at each other, which leads me to think was Reza upset because of the, what made him more upset? Was it the fact that this friendship, you know, basically, We'll never get back exactly to the way it was. I think they just so much has happened. I they might be able to move on, but this will always be in the back of their minds. Is he upset about that, about the loss of a friendship? Or is he more upset about the fact that what he said made him look bad and people aren't a hundred percent on his side now? Like uh, there's a part of me that thinks Reza's so selfish and calculated that that's what he's so upset about and not so much the friendship. Yeah, and I kind of think MJ, I feel like her being guarded and being upset is the fact that he put her on blast with those text messages. And yes, the horrible comment that he made, but those texts that he like shared that were very private. I mean, if somebody put something on uh, to their, I don't think he's quite at a million followers, but like, let's say 500,000, half a million followers at least. If somebody put out there that, you know, I had to have like all these emergency surgeries where... They had a basically she had a hysterectomy. She's not going to be allowed to have kids. Like I, I, if I were her, I'm still processing that. I could not imagine now the whole world knowing about it. Like that to me would be so so hurtful. And I don't I don't know if he gets why that's so hurtful to her. No, I don't think he does. I don't think he fully grasps why reaching out to her when accusing her of all the things that turns out to be true yeah but (laughs) accusing her of everything while she's lying in the bed recovering was a horrible like i don't think he fully gets what she truly went through and you kind of see glimpses of it when he talks to golnessa and when she got her fallopian tubes removed but i don't think he fully i I agree i don't know if a man ever will not to say like 
you can't have compassion or sympathy for the opposite sex. I just think it's something that it'd be very hard for a man to understand why that is so just hard to get over. Uh, Can we, before we talk about the the, ending, the the cowboy, the ending, can we talk about Sam and Destiny's I felt so bad for her. Like she put time and thought and effort into this. And all I guess he thought about was taking some Molly before he had that dinner. He was on something. I'm sorry. I was going to dance lightly around the fact that he was on drugs, but he's a hundred. No, he was on something. No normal human behaves that way. It was so weird. No. I mean, the burping, the burping, the nonstop burping, the, what else was he doing? Like the gibberish he was speaking. It was so, I felt very, very uncomfortable watching that. And I could only imagine her living it. And she, I mean, she went all out. I felt really bad for her, but I'm glad that she's self-aware enough to have ended it then and there and not be suckered back into a relationship like that. Cause that was, yeah, really I think weird. she was kind of like, boy, bye. Like she, she is over it. She's not upset about it. She is moving on. If I were her, I would just be pissed that I wasted all that money and a good stake on somebody like that. <laughs> oh, uh, so gross. But so Really, we have two big things happen, minus Sam being on drugs. So we've got, you know, Reza and Mercedes meet up together and now and have, you know, a little bit of a reunion, rehash everything that's happening. And then the whole group is going to get together at this weird rodeo cowboy thing. I don't think any of them really knew how to dress for the event, which is fine. But I, I mean, I, I'm going to say it now. Mike is MVP of this season of Shaw's. And honestly, going into it, I was not a fan of Mike. Oh, he fucking killed it. He, that face when they were all sitting there, it was everything. And he could give a housewife some lessons on how to call people out on their shit, but still keep your composure and it not turn into a brawl where drinks are tossed. He did such a good job of just basically be like, we're all going to be truthful. And so then he flat out was like, Mercedes, you know, are your hands clean in this? And she originally like told some lying. He goes, you're lying. I know you're lying. And I, I forgot, like, why he said, but I agreed with him. And all of a sudden, she was like, you're right. And she told the truth. It was so – I was like, whoa. And everybody was like, thank you for saying that. Like, I don't – Mike, I don't know what you're doing, but it is just, like, magic, and I'm enjoying watching it. It was great. I was not expecting her to admit it. And I'm sure that plays into why those two aren't friends. Why? Because she never – Yes, not, I'm sure that's part of it. I, I'm sure. I, I – I hope we get a reunion for this show because I there's so much that we still don't know and I need to know about Mercedes and Reza. So and the naked that kind of did happen. <laughs> yeah. So when are Adam weird. and Reza going to divorce? I'm like, I'm sorry. No one believes they're going to make it. No. And if you do, let me know why. Because I would I want to hear someone's perspective on this. <laughs> Do you think they have? Yes, please. Do you think please they have real don't. lusty moments? <laughs> oh, like gave me gross. That kind of grossed me out. <laughs> Maybe would have vomit a little. Um, R- yeah. RLM. A real lusty RLM. moment. Um, this Now we're transitioning into New York. For those who watched Roni this week, it was amazing per usual. I, uh, yeah, but I'll let you describe it because I'm going to start laughing. I mean, basically, it has to do with Leah's tattoo, right? Yeah. It says are her initials. Is that it? I it forgot. Like where it started with, to do with tattoos. Yeah, saying how, like, she goodness, has a tattoo and, all, and somehow real lesson. Yeah. Those initials cool. came up. But someone is. 
I think it's Leah. Because I think it's, I don't know, mom, but right? they just Leah kept talking mom. about real lusty so moments and like name. bedroom. And, and I was just like, oh, this is a weird, I don't know. Just the phrase, a real lusty moment. A lot of like weird thoughts come to mind. Can I just say that Sonia, I'm jumping way ahead, but this is related to the tattoos. Sonia, Dorinda, and Ramona need to get a fucking grip with the tattoos. Like how they acted uh, they about that, it I thought sound it was like, ridiculous. Like basically you were, I mean, I guess they all had kind of a track record as a criminal, but they made it like sound like it basically like, oh, it's like you just carry a gun with you. Like, oh my God. Like they were like so appalled by it. We don't hang out with people that have tattoos. I'm like, what? I don't think it's that big of a deal. I personally don't have a tattoo. I know people who do. There's people in my family that do. I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's not, not the people that are going to rob you. No, Dorinda. I don't. I don't either. <laughs> no, I am also like, it doesn't impact your everyday life. So why do you care? Like, it's just let it be. I mean, I will say Leah's she tattoo is though. really ugly. Her uh, tramp stamp is really ugly, but you don't have and to I also feel like Dorinda is like I said this on the previous episode. She's trying to play the villain. She's trying to be the Bethany, but Bethany kind of did it in kind of like a sarcastic. She had little like quick jabs at people that were funny and witty and Dorinda's not. And when she said to someone she barely knew, like knows and hadn't had a lot of interaction with, oh, if the guy doesn't remember your name, you can just bend over and show him your tattoo. I just I'm like, come on, Dorinda, like you're just trying so hard to be Bethany and you're failing so bad. Mm. couldn't agree more but one thing i do love and it never gets old is ramona picking up guys at the bar before uh, she amazing has dinner brand. so ramona like she just walks in she's like oh gets like and amazing. i love too that she made luann wait because luann was classic countess in this episode so i think it was good to knock her down a few pegs uh admit have her w- luann had to wait for ramona and i loved that i also i mean Oh, absolutely. I will say, to Ramona's credit, she told Luann, you were going to be in the lower level. You would have privacy. It would be quiet. When everyone else is still drinking and going wild, you can go you know, back down and go to sleep. And uh, I mean, Lou was pissed. And I get it. It's a basement, not a lower level. But like she was like mad about the TV. Then she was saying how cold it was and that she couldn't just wear a blanket. Like, why can't you just wear a blanket? I'm like, fucking get over yourself, Luann. I agree. It was not a lower level. It's definitely a basement. But still, it's nice. You have privacy. You don't have to worry. I I just thought she overreacted, but it was entertaining to watch because she's Luann and she goes over the top. I We should do a poll um, of whether you'd yes, rather stay in the I basement. I agree. I think somebody did that. I'm room. trying to remember which one won. I think more people said they'd want to stay in the fish room, which I don't know. I think I'd actually – I think it'd be fun to stay in the fish room to say, like, oh, I stayed in it. But – if I'm picking a place based on like comfort and overall just like nice room, I would totally pick the basement. But I will say for as bad of a guest as Luann is, Ramona might be a worse oh, for sure. host. She was so annoyed that people didn't pick up after herself. And she just sat there and had <laughs> Tinsley and Leah clear everything. And she said, oh, you guys forgot that. But you can you can pick that up when you come back. I'm like, And she kept being like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not picking up any of this. It's like, Ramona, when you host people, that's what you do. And if you don't want to do it, hire help to do it for you. You're rich enough. You can afford it. Like, just hire somebody to stay there and just kind of be the hostess for you. I mean, this is why I, like, love Ramona for moments like that. Because she's, like, just out of control and unbelievable in that sense that it's hilarious and just comical to me. But you're absolutely right. 
I would hire someone if I was just sitting there like I'm not touching a thing and having my guests clear the table. Like I just I also know if my mom ever saw that on TV, she'd probably like just call me and be like, this is not how I raised you. Um, (laughs) My cotillion days. What what was that all for? But uh, (laughs) I don't know. These women, though, I mean, this is it does make it fun to watch. I would like to see a poll, too. We need to ask who was more in the wrong. I think Luann as a guest or Ramona as a host. I'm going to make a note of it so I don't forget. Oh, that's a good <laughs> poll. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, make make note of that. That is good. But it was a solid New York episode. It was entertaining. I mean, I've heard some people like, oh, I didn't know about this season. The ladies, like, they same. I'm like, guys, just watch it for the- uh, This is the break that, from the, everything. I was going to say trash it's a good, a good It's a good break. <laughs> exactly. That it is. The shit show that it is. Just the shit show that it is. Embrace the shit show. Embrace- but Sonya's the saying don't drink <laughs> wine, <laughs> then. But pass the rosé, like just enjoy all. Well, the I think they're as much as it. they love rosé in New York uh, or in Roni. I I don't know if anybody loves rosé more than Summer House, but I don't think anybody is meaner to some of the people that live in the house with them than the Summer House crew. I could not get over. Carl was such a dick to Jules, not only when he was drunk, but then the next day sober, they call a house meeting because it seemed like. There was a drunken game of telephone going on and it wasn't fair and things were just kind of being blown out of proportion. And Carl, sober, basically told her he still wants her out of the house. He doesn't feel like he's connecting with her, doesn't feel like she's connecting with anyone in the house. I don't know what else I'm missing, but he basically told her, like, nobody wants you here again. It was horrible. I felt really, really bad for Jules. I think no one likes to feel left out. And the view, everyone has felt left out in one way or another in their lives. And it's the worst feeling to feel like a group of people don't like you or trying to exclude you. And I love that Jules, one, it was heartbreaking to watch her cry as she should, because there's a room of people just trying to tell her they're not connecting with her, but also it's a two-way street. I like that she says it's a two-way street. No one's making an effort to connect with me. And they all have Jordan's dirty little mind, which he is such a little rat. He is I've the worst. I, I really cannot stand him. I, I hope he doesn't come back next season. He is a fucking worst. But I'm like, Carl, shame on you. If your mother saw that, you shouldn't be speaking to anyone like that. That's just, that's just being like, be a decent yeah. human. You just don't talk to someone or like that. Deliver you deliver it. it. In a nicer way. Yes, exactly. Be a little softer. Just say, you know, I'm sorry that I came across so harsh. I had been drinking. But I don't feel like you and I are, you know, maybe, and it's mutual, but I don't feel like we're, I don't really see a friendship, a fast friendship growing here. And if we're going to be in this house every weekend, I want to be with people who aren't going to create additional drama and are just going to make it fun and light. And I, I want us to have that going forward. Perfect. You said what you needed to say. You made it clear that you're not like close friends with her. But you didn't basically tell her you can't stand her and you want her out of the house. So I. Well, and also, yeah, absolutely. And also don't act so. Yeah, like, you kept being like, where is she? The next day when you you're basically like, oh, told her to leave the is. house. For all you know, she packed up and left. But instead, she got the last laugh because she hooked up with Craig. And like we talked about uh, Lisa Renna, Jules owned it he was like oh you know she just got home and he's like did you have sex with craig i think that's exact or did he say you did you hook up with craig she's like i did and that's it she smiled and that was it i'm just gonna pause and clap for jules i mean for taking i mean i don't want to take craig for the team guys i'll do it don't (laughs) worry i'll I'll just just take craig on 
just I mean, Jules, you are living out so many of America's <laughs> women in America, or maybe guys, in America's fantasy by doing that. Bravo for owning it. You got the last laugh, if you will, with that. And it looks like yes. those two are still a little I mean, flirty Craig or has gone live multiple times show. every day throughout quarantine. I actually enjoy him going live. Some of the other people are annoying me how they do it all the time. But he, someone asked, did, did you, what happened, ever happened with you and Jules? And he said they dated throughout the summer. And she was seen wearing a sewing down South hat. So maybe they ended on good terms and it's still kind of like a, a casual little hookup whenever they're in the same city. I'm for it. You know what? It's 2020. I mean, there's a lot of shit, horrible things going on in 2020. If anything, I do have to say the other thing that made me like so happy was the way Amanda responded to pizza because I think every one of us has been drunk and seen pizza or pizzas arrived. And it, I mean, like, is there anything better than when you're drunk than just fresh, warm pizza? No, as someone who every time we go to Columbia Abbey, who gets pizza, I didn't get well, I didn't get El Rancho this time. El Rancho. I also, I'm a little pissed about my pizza it. situation so because much. my husband thought the garlic salt was Parmesan and just covered our pizza by the sp- slice that we're splitting in garlic salt. It was inedible. <laughs> uh, my good friend Tina, our good friend Tina, who's listening, uh, or listens pretty <laughs> frequently, will get a kick out. She didn't believe how inedible it was and took a bite and said it was god awful. So. Yeah. I forgot about it. Yeah, because yeah, we you do. You, but I mean, as, usually, as long as it has range. I always prefer pizza uh, over El Rancho. Yes, as long as it has ranch. Absolutely. What did you think about Jules confronting Hannah? And do you think Hannah was justified? I do, in because being I think this is going to come across with, with really bad. I think there's a weird dynamic with Paige, Amanda, and uh, Hannah. I think Hannah has a little bit of an insecurity. I think Hannah is a really cute girl. I think. Paige and Amanda are drop-dead gorgeous, beautiful girls. You might disagree with me on this. So I think for her, I just feel like there's a sense of insecurity. Like she's not maybe as pretty as they are, gets jealous whenever they're closer. Whenever you have three people that are friends, it it is an odd dynamic. Oftentimes it can shift and somebody feels left out. So I think Hannah was kind of projecting uh, just on about a lot of things and insecurities about those three as friends is my take on it. That is a good analysis. She was, but she wasn't Lindsay wrong. Was I like that she's basically saying to Hannah, like, this is weird. They did throw you under the bus. You can't just act like it's okay that they said they don't remember. Or I think for Hannah, I, I think it was nice that Lindsay was pushing her to speak up for herself. If Hannah didn't feel like she could do that, I think she should have just said to Lindsay, I, I, I don't care. But she did. She said to Lindsay she was upset about it. Danielle was telling her the same thing. Like, you got to grow some balls and you got to talk to the two of them. I hope Hannah does kind of stand up for herself and say, like, I don't I feel weird in this friendship dynamic right now and say why. I just had to chuck some water. Sorry, guys. I like had a really dry all of a sudden. Oh, you're good. Well, and now the show are that we can't stand, but another feud, another feud. And the only thing we're gonna mention on Vanderpump is the Katie, Kristen, Stassi triangle and our thoughts on it as of, as we know more, as we watch I would say another prime example of why you can't have three best friends that are three best friends together. It always is shifting. I don't think Stassi is as mad at Kristen as Katie is. 
And Katie is deliberately doing everything in her power to hurt Kristen and make Kristen feel left out. I'm not Kristen's biggest fan, but I don't think that's fair. I get maybe you don't want to invite her to a wine wine night because you want her to know you're annoyed with her and she's kind of in timeout. But then to not invite her to your kind of second wedding in Vegas when she was part of your first wedding and they're not that far apart. It's not like they're renewing their vows 15 years later. Obviously, you're going to have a different guest list. Like, I, I think it's been about a year and a half. I just think she's Katie is purposely doing everything she can to hurt Kristen. And I do think down the road, Katie's going to regret this. I have to say, aside from that moment, I was starting to become a little bit of team Kristen, only in the sense that I felt like, granted, this could be the drama that they're not showing us on Vanderpump, and this is where it gets too scripted. If it's truly just about Carter, I'm like, you guys got to get over that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've we've all had friends who've dated a guy that you don't like and you say your piece, but eventually I wouldn't let it deteriorate the friendship the way theirs has like to me there's got to be more that they're not showing that's the only way to me it could logically make sense but if it's truly all about carter like, yeah i think they're overreacting i agree and it's being very really childish mean. and just being you really can't put that her. i mean there's gonna be like people in your life like for katie anybody out there like your friends are gonna probably marry somebody that you're not obsessed with like you know it's not like the guy you might have picked for your friend you don't necessarily like have the best time hanging out with them but you're not going to just let a friendship go away because of that. And so if it's that bad over Kristen dating somebody they don't like, like I do kind of feel bad for Kristen that she, I feel like it's almost like she's in like this toxic friendship and she needs to get out. But that's all we're going to yeah. say other than give me Absolutely. more Guillermo. I do want to put that out there. I think he is just so dreamy. He looks like George Clooney. Like he's just so hot. <laughs> we, we need what's, what is sexy He's sexual yeah i like that sexy unique we'll put restaurant, a little picture right? of he Guillermo, bodies, a sexy, sexy unique we'll put a picture but speaking of yes. sexy our show of week is gonna go to yes i does. think a very uber sexy member of real housewives of beverly hills which is returning this week and we can't wait ish <laughs> I'm, I'm excited but i after puppy gate i'm cautiously going into this season but our shout out goes to the amazing erica jane who Let's all pat the puss for your, for good old EJ. Oh, shoot. Yes. You're right. Oh, and Garcelle, Garcelle too. Definitely. I'm going to throw one, another one in we've there. We've talked about how much Bravo is lacking and, diversity, that it needs more just different. Like, we don't need everybody that looks the exact same. And I love that Garcelle is going to be on there looking different, owning it. And I think she is going to be a quick, like, quickly become a fan favorite. But um, that wraps us up. So we're eight minutes over, which isn't bad for quarantine time. I mean, think about all the things that we want to get out and talk about with you. And we still have so much more to say. So if you're not following us on Instagram, please do so. We have been messaging people like crazy. I feel so like so connected to everybody. We're talking about all the shows we're watching, whether it be Netflix stuff or Bravo. It's been so fun. So please make sure you're following us on Instagram. And if you're not already, please be sure to subscribe to us wherever you podcast. And we'd be so appreciative if you leave us a five-star review. We will give you a shout-out on our Instagram. And we have been known to give people shout-outs on the podcast for leaving us a five-star review. So you could be next week's. And with that, we will talk to you soon. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. 
Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now, and for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. 